Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. In this beginning series of podcasts about the who, what, where, and why of homeschooling, I've been talking about the basics. And today I want to talk a little bit about where we homeschool or where we educate our children. Now, I know that seems obvious. Obviously, the word homeschool has the word home in it and that we would be teaching our children at home. But you'd be surprised that most of education, I believe, goes on just in the world around us. And very little of that is actually done at home. Just in the community in general, we go about our day in stores and the post office and doctor's offices, and kids are picking up things all the time in those places. One of the things that I like to do is engage people in conversation when we're out in the community and to get my kids to do that as well. For example, I remember when my kids were getting their haircut, I encouraged them to talk with their stylist about where did she learn to cut hair? How did she learn to do that? And that was a great conversation that she talked to them about when she was young. She really liked to work on her friend's hair. So when she got old enough and she graduated from high school, she went on to beauty school and got her training in learning how to cut hair. Same thing for the doctor's office. We've had many a conversation with physical uh, therapists or nurses or PAs about when did they learn to do what they were doing? How did they learn to do it? What kinds of training then did they have to have to get to where they were now? Those are all kinds of questions that kids can be asking, and it just gets them thinking about what goes on all around them and why it's going on and how perhaps they can do that too. They can also ask questions like, what's your favorite part of the job or what's your least favorite part of the job? I remember when I myself was talking to someone that was a journalist for a newspaper and I was asking them what their least favorite part was. They said their least favorite part was the basic day-to-day writing because that was not creative writing, like perhaps writing for a magazine or for a book, but it was the day-to-day writing of things like obituaries and legal rosters of the court cases and the, the police blotter. Those were the kinds of things that really make up the bulk of the paper. And that was their day-to-day work. And they said that was very dry and boring. And if they would have really known that when they were younger and getting trained in school, they probably would have looked into another career. So those are important kinds of things for kids to be asking now so it can form their ideas a little more realistically of what certain jobs really are. Now, one of the things that we uh, take advantage of a lot when we homeschool are parks. Parks are obviously great for play, but the other thing that parks are really great for for homeschooling is just a regular meetup with other homeschool families. I know in the community I'm in now, we have a regular meetup every Tuesday at a park, and this is age-specific. So the group that we participate a lot in is for teenagers, but there's another park day that is for younger kids, and there's another park day yet that is for all ages. It just depends on what you're looking for and what works for you. But these are perfect gathering spots, not only for the kids to get their their interaction with their peers, but also for the adults to talk as well. 
one of the things we do here is we'll have birthday parties or we'll have holiday kinds of events such as an Easter egg hunt or a Halloween costume party, things like that. And those are really fun. And it also gives kids that idea of some of those events that they might have in school, if they had already been in school and they were missing those kinds of things. This gives them an opportunity to still celebrate those with a group of peers. Now, obviously, libraries are a huge resources, resource for homeschoolers, but they can also be way more than just about books. One of the things that I have done with libraries in the past is to talk with them about unit studies that we have coming up. So if I knew we were going to be doing a unit study on the Little House on the Prairie series, I could ask them to possibly not only see what books they have on that topic, but to maybe have an event at the library for, for us and for other homeschoolers. So perhaps we would have some read-alouds about some of the Little House on the Prairie books as part of kind of like a story time for multi-ages, but we also might do some activities. We might do some craft projects. We might make butter. We might do some other activities that we could do in the library in their community room. And we had some really good luck with working with the libraries, and they were thrilled to work with the homeschoolers during the day. Some libraries had never heard of this. So I admit when I went in, they said, oh, no, we don't do things like that. But then when I said, well, could you do something like that? They kind of thought about it and said, well, I suppose we could. And so it was a great way to open dialogue with them about offering something different that they had not thought about before. The other reason why it's great to get to know your librarians also is because they're the ones that are ordering books. So you need to get a great relationship with them because if there's something coming up that you're really going to want a book, but perhaps you can't afford it or it's not something that is uh, something you want in your library in your home, but you think it would be a great resource at the library, talk to them about ordering it. I know when I lived in Washington, that library system was amazing. And anytime I needed a book and it was not in their system, they ordered it. Like, I can't even think of a book that they did not order that I had requested. And that was a great resource. The other thing we did with the libraries as well is, of course, libraries often will have preschool or toddler kinds of story times. But one of the things we worked with was that we had the older kids help tell the stories. And so the older kids may, might do a puppet show along with the librarian telling the story or the Older kids might be in charge of some activities after the story time. And we also would talk to the librarian. So maybe one, not every week, but maybe once a month, they would do a story time that was multi-age. So they would read a story that was really something relevant and interesting up to maybe around grade six or seven. And those were always really well attended. The, which I remember the librarian thinking, oh, older kids don't want to be read to. And I laughed and I said, are you kidding and when she actually advertised, I think she had, I'm trying to remember, but I want to say it was like 25 kids that were ranging in age from preschool all the way up to sixth grade. And she was just shocked at how many older kids that she had attend and really enjoy that story time. Your park and rec is often a very underutilized community service for daytime classes. Obviously, people use them for classes after school, but usually the park and rec is pretty underutilized during the day. 
they often have some things for toddlers or maybe even for senior citizens during the day, but not usually for school-age kids, obviously, because they're in school. But when you talk with them about possibly offering lessons during the day, most of them, as long as they can get enough people interested, they are more than happy to offer classes during the day. I know in two different states that I lived in, they offered swimming lessons during the day for homeschool kids, and that was a huge benefit. Not only because the classes were a little bit smaller, but also because we were able to fit that in as part of our school day and we didn't have to do it in the evening. They also organized like open gym days so that the kids could come and they could play basketball or dodgeball or whatever in the gym. That was a great resource too, especially in the wintertime when it was colder and we couldn't go outside when I lived in the Midwest. Usually it's just about opening a dialogue with the community organization just to get them thinking about offering some of these things that they may not have thought about offering before. Also in the communities, you have businesses such as music lessons or art lessons or dance classes. And a lot of these time, a lot of these organizations offer things obviously after school, but not during the day. But if they have instructors and they have staff that are available during the day, and again, you can get enough students to make it worth their while, they're usually more than happy to offer some homeschool classes during the day. I've known many, many organizations or businesses that have offered classes during the day for homeschool kids, and it's a win-win for everyone. They're getting a clientele that they normally would not have been serving, And the homeschoolers are able to get classes during the day where they would rather have their classes and keeping their evenings free for other things. Now, another obvious resource in the community are things like museums and science centers, aquariums and zoos. And obviously, those are great places to visit during the day just because it's not as busy. It doesn't have all the crowds. It doesn't have all the people visiting. So you can often get deeper, richer experiences at those kinds of places during the day when it's not so crowded because you can talk to the staff for longer. You don't have to wait in line to do things. And it's just a easier going kind of experience. And a lot of times those places will also do daytime classes for homeschoolers, especially if it's in large metro areas or even in smaller areas. If you talk to them, oftentimes they will do programs for homeschoolers during the day. One of my favorite things about homeschooling is the fact that we can go on vacations in off seasons. That is just such a huge benefit to me. One, because I don't really like crowds, but also because it's cheaper. Oftentimes places will have off season pricing for their hotels or for travel. And that's a great money saver, especially for people that have larger families. And it's also just so much richer of an experience. When you can go when there's not a lot of crowds, it is just, uh, you know, you know that it's a great experience. You don't have to fight all the lines. You don't have to fight for spaces when you're trying to go to different shows or different uh, events, different programs. And it's just a lot smoother of an experience. Usually you can go kind of on the edge of season, so you're still benefiting from the nice weather. And again, you're still not really having to worry about, um, you know, major extremes with the temperature because you're kind of going on the edges. Obviously, learning is just a part of life. We all need to remember that. We have to remember that learning is not happening just in books. It's not just learning 
in a curriculum. It's learning all the time. And those of us that have been homeschooling a long time, we get this. We've learned it over time. But people that are newer, I understand it's kind of hard to wrap your head around sometimes that if we're not sitting down with books and, and a curriculum, that it's not really school or it's not really learning. But that's the one thing, that's the beauty of it, is that people, especially children, are learning all the time. They're picking up pieces of information, whether that's facts or practical life skills or subtle communication skills or problem-solving skills or critical thinking. Critical thinking is huge these days, especially with all the false news and all the crazy stuff that's out there. When we are engaging with our kids and all these kinds of experiences, we're teaching them to think twice about the information that they're hearing. Where is that information coming from? Why are people saying that? How does that impact us? And with all of the things that we're just doing as part of our daily lives, these are all kinds of things that we can be talking with our children on on an ongoing basis. So this was just kind of a quick recap and a reminder, especially for those that are new to homeschooling, that you really need to think of education outside the box, outside the lines, because education is around us all the time in some fashion. So just remember that learning is all happening all the time and it's not just at home. So when you're spending a lot of time going to classes, going out in the community, and you're a little bit afraid that you haven't been spending enough time at home with books and curriculum, it's okay. Your kids are learning perhaps even more than what they would be learning at home. I hope you got a few tips today and a few little reminders that might help you with your children. And thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day to listen. And I hope you'll subscribe to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast so you'll know when the next episode is released. In the meantime, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.